3: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Sports Radio, 101
2: 9
0: FM, the band, WFAN It is Divisional Weekend of the NFL. I thought last week was going to be a great week, but it's going to be this weekend, let me tell you this much. This is going to be the best weekend in the NFL, 877-337-6666. Give me a call. Pete Hoffman with you on the fan till 6 a.m. when Richard Deere takes over. Hit me up at Hoff WFAN. And this weekend, we'll decide the fakers. We'll decide who is the best in the NFL, which coach, is the best in the NFL, and did we make a mistake with the Jets and letting Todd Bowles go? I mean, there's so many different storylines, it's ridiculous. Obviously, the biggest one is Lamar Jackson being the MVP of the league. Is this his time to shine? Is this his time to take over in the playoffs in potentially one of the biggest games in his career, depending on how the rest of this playoffs take over? And it starts there in Baltimore, but I mean, it doesn't end because you have so many good storylines. Detroit back at home in biggest game ever for them. I mean, they are one step away from getting to the NFC Championship. And you have Buffalo, Kansas City. Is Andy Reed on his way out? Are the Buffalo Bills for real? Will they have revenge on Kansas City? And then you go to San Francisco. And will they be able to find a way to trump the one quarterback that the Jets maybe should have actually looked at in Green Bay in, in Jordan Love? I mean all I see in this playoffs is oh my gosh the jets screwed up so bad <laughs> there was there's so many former Jets or so, so many guys that you would love to see be in a Jets uniform be as a head coach of the Jets and that that's what I'm thinking of right now where where the playoffs mean zip in New York as far as rooting interest obviously you know we're pots, so there's plenty of fans from all over the country in New York that are fans of the Niners. I mean, I had an uncle that was a fan of the Niners. Um, I had fans of Packers, fans of Chiefs, tons of fans, tons of friends that are fans of the Chiefs. So there's so many different, like, people in the New York area that have rooting interest all over the NFL. But for the Jets-Giants fans, what are we looking for? And I could sit there and say, I don't want to see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes win again. I, I really don't want to see that. But then on the other hand, do I really want to see Buffalo <laughs> make it to an AFC Championship game? Do I want to see that? Do I want to see Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, was available last season. During the offseason, he was available. Baltimore didn't didn't say that they didn't want to sign him, but they didn't want to sign him to that much money. And he was kind of being shopped around, kind of. But there was no bites. It was too much to bring in the MVP of the AFC. It was too much to do that. He's going to be the MVP of football in the NFL in 2023. But yet, the Jets and the Giants. Too much blood for that. Too too much money for that. Yet, Baltimore has a good shot. Again, under John Harbaugh. And it's just a very... Interesting week. And obviously, this is you know, last weekend I really thought that the games would have been better, but there were too many blowouts, too many no-shows. And and guess what? It was too many no-shows from the teams that were supposed to be the best, some of the best in the league. I mean, we're looking at Dallas and Philadelphia. The Eagles and the Cowboys. No shows. It's embarrassing. And yet the coaches are still around. And It's amazing because you see the question marks hanging around McCarthy and Sirianni from all their fans. Yet, Robert Sala, no doubt, bring him back. Football is very, very wide open because it's confusing. Because it doesn't make any sense anymore. Coaches that are the worst in the NFL are locks. Coaches... That bring teams to the playoffs consistently are not locks because they can't get over the hump. But they're they're letting you play in the game. They're getting you the dance. It's it it is very. This is what's confusing about football this year and the years past is that there's no stability throughout the entire league because it's impulsive. It's a who wronged us this year? Who was the reason for us not winning? Rather than tipping the cap to the team that did. Rather than saying, wow. The Baltimore Ravens are really freaking good. And they went through injury after injury after injury. Hello, New York Giants, New York Jets. Injury after injury after injury and still made it to the be the best team in the AFC. the Baltimore Ravens. Meanwhile, other teams sit there and go, oh, well, my offensive line was just really hurt the entire season. We couldn't do anything about it. Couldn't be consistent. Yeah, it's football. People get hurt. People go through struggles. And teams, good teams, good head coaches, I guess, learn to adapt. So this weekend is going to be fun. My favorite game, I think, is going to be, obviously, it's the Kansas City-Buffalo game. I mean, that's just, that is the best game on paper, no doubt about it. It's the closest spread. Um, it's going to be the worst weather conditions. I know Detroit, it's going to be cold in Detroit, though it is in a dome. But, again, there, there's still, it's still good enough where you can see Tampa Bay, Keep it close. I'm 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 going all dogs this weekend, personally speaking, I'm looking at these games going. Green Bay. I mean, Jordan Love. Maybe maybe after last week's game, he looked like he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, hands down. I mean, if I had to compare him to Brock Purdy, straight up, Purdy versus Jordan Love, Purdy may have more weapons. Jordan Love has more talent
2: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You have a
0: Detroit Lions team who is gritty, who is grindy, who is, you know, at home, who is running off pure emotions. But the Buccaneers all season have been the underdog. Baker Mayfield has ridden that underdog road his entire career now in the NFL. And he's able to keep this afloat, the Buccaneers, and Todd Bull somehow is turning into a decent head coach in the NFL. Go figure. So, and then I I do like Houston. I don't know if they're going to win, but talk about a story with the, the C.J. Stroud being, you know, the rookie of the year. Personally speaking. But C.J. Stroud is being amazing with the Houston Texans in year one. A team that was supposed to be terrible found their ways into the playoffs. Found themselves winning in the first round against the Cleveland Browns team, which everyone was all in love with. And the Houston Texans just wiped the floor with them and running on that emotion. Now, I listen, it's the outside game. I understand that. But I still think that the Texans will keep that close. May even win. This is going to be a really tight weekend. So hold on to your butts, as they say. 877-337-6666. We'll get to your phone calls. Again, you can always hit me up at Hoff WFA. We'll get into a lot of Yankees and Mets stuff coming on as far as off season stuff goes. There's not much time left to this offseason. So anybody that thinks that, yeah, you know, it just, it's still early. Well, It's not that early anymore. Pitchers and catchers are not as far away as you'd think. Let's get to Eric in Jones Beach. What's going on, Eric? Welcome to the fan.
4: Hey, Al. What's going on, man? You're doing a great job again.
0: Oh, thanks, dude. I just started, but I appreciate it.
4: <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I listen to you guys during the daytime, but then I, I, I bartend at night. So when I'm coming home, it's always good to hear your voice. But uh, oh, thanks, I dude. think you do, you do a great job. But anyway... I think your, your take right now with um, with, with uh, you know Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and the injury prone thing is spot on, man. It's like one of the best takes I've heard in a bit. You know, we, we, we talk about the Jets and the Giants and this guy's hurt and that guy's hurt and it's you know and they, they just get it done and and I don't think it's ever going to happen with these, with these New York teams, man. It, it's really really. What?
0: Eric, when's the last time that the Baltimore Ravens, who have a loaded backfield with whether it's J.K. Dobbins, Justice, um, um, uh, Edwards, I mean, there's and there's a, like they, they always have like five or six or seven running backs throughout the entire season that they have to rotate through because all of them are getting hurt, but yet somehow they find a way to win.
4: It's, uh, it just seems it just seems systematic, man. And it just it seems like like you got to just almost cut all these New York coaches, cut them all, and just start over, man. It's just it's it just getting frustrating, man, being a New York fan.
0: Well, it's excuses, Eric. I mean, and that's what it comes down to. I don't mind. I'm not saying I'm, I'm happy about. It. I'm not like popping champagne when someone gets hurt on the team. But I don't think that an injury finishes the season. That used to be the old telltale, like, oh, my goodness, the quarterback down, the entire team's going to suck. That's not the case anymore. That That really is not the case. And you look at Joe Flacco in Cleveland. You look at just, you know, throughout the league, the amount of backup quarterbacks that have played this entire season. The only team that really couldn't figure it out were the New York Jets. Even the Giants did better with their backup quarterbacks.
4: Yeah, it, it, it's a really a wild scene, and I'm just you know to, to transition off of that with the Giants with 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 Devito, and, and where, where the Giants are picking right now. What, what what's your what's your gut? What do you think they're they're going to do? I hear
0: everyone say you got to pick a quarterback, got to pick a quarterback, got to pick up a quarterback, and I got to tell you, if you want to pick a quarterback, totally fine, but I don't want it to be the first round. I want the best available talented player that's going to make an impact on the team and benefit the entire team. And you have Daniel Jones who can play the position already. You need to fill the Evan Neal was a bust, is a bust. Let's be fair. He is He's going to have to do a lot of work to make, not make the team, don't make the team, but he's going to have to do a lot of work to keep his role on the team, otherwise he's just he's a, he's a bust for for Joe Shane. That's a that's the reality. So I think they really have to go offensive line. I think they have to figure out a way to solidify that. That that is the that is the top uh, priority. Unless you tell me you can get Marvin Harrison Junior. But that's impossible. You're not he's not going to drop down to six.
4: Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. That's it, man. Yo, keep doing your thing. And just one other thing. If you could relay the message, I tried calling today. Please, please tell Sal to stop <laughs> saying that he called uh, Trevor Bauer a jerk to his face. He didn't call him a jerk to his face. It's Behind the glass, it, enough of the tough guy. Received, oh, wait, don't please, know. Please, he did. He did. No, no, no. It's behind. This guy's trying to get his image, you know, back. Okay, Eric. Can I? Can I, can I just? Can he, I just pull? He he's the... brought it up like fifteen times. Can I pull
0: the oh, curtain? Cool. Can, can I call, pull yeah, the yeah. curtain back a little bit? We yeah. had a very, and it, probably not supposed to be said, but we had a very off the record conversation the day before, and he should have called him a a dick. And right. it was met with exception, and he answered it. And actually, to be honest with you, Trevor Bauer used those same words on I heard, air. Yeah, no, I heard. And he used those same words on air and said, "You know, you, you called me that, and I, it's true. That's that's who I was. So I understand just, it. it. It's not like some false, made up thing. Like no,
4: no, no. I know. I was dude, I being sincere. He just, just keep saying it. And I'm like, I'm like, dude." Relax, like like we, we get it, we heard it. Like keep saying it over and over, man. It's driving me crazy. Well, listen, Yo, next keep-
0: when you Eric, when you have a chance to call somebody that, you go for it, okay? When you when you yeah, have that moment, you go in and just you know let Trevor Bauer know who he is.
4: <laughs> cool, man. Yo, hop keep doing your thing, man.
0: I appreciate it, Eric. Take care, man. Thank you. 877-337-6666. Listen, I'm not gonna sit there and and get back into the Trevor Bauer. Uh, Interview that they had, which was great. If you want to listen back and go to Odyssey, the Odyssey app, or just look up Trevor Bauer on WFAN, trust me, you'll find the full 50 minutes. But it's when it comes down to raw, very rarely do you have interviews with people. It takes time to build up that comfort level where you could be honest with them. I mean, we had a Dory Jackson on every week. Uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Cassis has been coming on every week now. Nick Costos has been coming on every week with the boys. You don't just, out of the gates, go out and, and have as candid of a conversation as they did. So, you have to understand that, you know, yeah, maybe he was a little braggadocious on that. But, I mean, it takes guts to say that to somebody's to their face. That that does take guts. To say exactly how you feel about them on a mo- open mic doesn't normally happen. So I get it. Maybe you think he said it too much. And you know, get on during the week, we can talk to him about it. But <laughs> 877-337-6666. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Ray is in Brooklyn. What's going on, Ray?
1: My guy, Hoff, what's up, man? I'm the one always clamoring for more time for you during the afternoon. Ah, we'll move thank on.
0: you very much. I appreciate that.
1: I got <laughs> my time. My at, I,
0: listen, I got my time at night, and I'll take it.
1: Absolutely. No, I love it, man. I'm on the road right now, so I greatly appreciate that. I'm happy for that. So, listen, um, I wanted to touch on, like, um, the Yankees, but quick. With the with the whole Brock 30 thing, I'm a Giants fan. I have no dog in the fight. I'm completely objective. I just don't like the conversation all year. Where people look for reasons not to give it to him. The 49ers passed every single test, as did he. He had the highest yards per attempt since the uh, 2001, you know, uh, uh, show on. So, greatest show on turf. Hold on. And people want to talk (laughs) about his weapons, right, huh? Well, wait a minute. Patrick Mahomes, he had. Tyreek Hill at the height of his powers. He had Travis Kelsey at the height of his powers. He had Kareem Hunt and the other running back at the height of their powers. And he also had Andy Reid, who's a top five or top ten all-time coach. And nobody um, tried to use that rationale, I, not to give it to him.
0: I understand, but now you have to compare the two. I Brock Purdy is in a good system. He does have a lot of weapons. And then you look at the other guy that's up there and favored, which is Lamar Jackson, and his best weapon was Mark Andrews, who got hurt early in the season. His running backs literally got hurt in the beginning of the season. J.K. Dobbins out for the season. Everybody on that team basically out at different times of the season. Their weapons, Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, there's really no one over-the-top special on that team, he just made players better, and he himself found ways to win games. And you're right, Brock Purdy shouldn't be shouldn't be jammed because he has great players around him. He also made them better. He also was able to be productive. He also fit the system. But when you look at the at the two, which one had more of an impact? And that's where I lean, Lamar Jackson.
1: Well, I mean, I, I guess we, we could like agree to, to disagree on that because look, <laughs> Rock all Look, it all comes down to numbers, man. Um, this guy, look, Lamar Jackson. I get it. He won, right, and he wins games. Um, and I know that the previous, uh, you know, um, postseasons have nothing to do with it because we both know that he leaves a lot to be desired there. But um, you know it's that twenty something touchdowns. Like, when's the last time an NFL MVP quarterback had that few touchdowns? I mean, Brock Purdy, it was Atlanta. Even Josh Allen, who led the league in touchdowns with forty—I don't know, forty-six. Lamar Jackson had less than twenty, uh, less than thirty, because he also only had five rushing. I just look. I get it. I know that you know he passed. The only test that I see that he passed was flying colors would be the one against the 49ers. And that's kind of like a prisoner of the moment thing. Like when Embiid outscored, you know, uh, Jokic for 48 points last season, I thought Jokic was the best player all year. He pulled it in the playoffs again, too. It's like we're a prisoner of the moment. And, you know, I don't like to penalize a guy like Brock Purdy just because he wasn't a first-round pick, and it's not the sexy pick. He still executed higher. At a Listen, higher I think that's anybody. what
0: makes his case even better. The fact that he was the Mister Irrelevant makes his case even more. It, it makes it sexier. The fact that he was somebody. Listen, and you got to think about both of those guys between uh, Brock and Lamar. Both guys were someone that was getting passed, the, uh, you know, on. You know, Lamar different because he did go in the first round, and he did. Everyone did love his talent. They just didn't think he was a quarterback. Brock Purdy literally was the last person picked in the draft. Like so, it, in some way, they both were kind of wrong, you know? So I, I li- but I do like that for Brock Purdy. That, that, that kind of makes it a better story.
1: Right. No, but for me and you, right. For people who are objective, but I mean, I don't know if you, if, like, if you've noticed, like, you know, when you watch ESPN, Fox sports, like it's been used against him, which to me is dumb because it should be something in his favor. But, um, as far as the, as far as the Yankees, like, um, I'm going to keep saying this until they actually do it. Or somebody signs Trevor Bauer. listen, Brian Cashman and I'm not the type of person that's gonna knock him, you know, um, like you know most Yankee fans do for any old reason. I'm I'm pretty objective with it. I'm like I'm like see Mac, you know what I'm saying? Like we're not, you know, I'm not a hater. I'm not a lover of Cashman. I'm just gonna be down the middle and call it how I see it. So with him, the only knock I have with him this whole season is you can't have it both ways. If you're not willing to overpay Blake Snell and or you know uh, um, the Japanese pitcher and so you got to go get the best value. and There's no question that the best value on planet Earth when it comes to free agent pitching and probably all the sports is Trevor Bauer. The guy is a starter. And if you're going to slot him in number two, he's the greatest number two that I can recall in, in recent history behind Garrett Cole. And I don't want to hear anything about a circus hop because the Yankees continue to get in bed with Giambi. A-Rod, Herman Chapman, after they knew he shot at his girlfriend or, or wife or whatever the case was. So the Yankees, including Brian Cashman, have told us repeatedly throughout his tenure, right, that um, winning comes first. And winning cures all. If you win, if, you know, once he starts pitching well, all of the noise is going to go away. You um, At the end of the day, you win a division, you win a championship, winning cures all. The Yankees have always gone by that. I don't know what the hell they're waiting for now, <laughs> but it would be the ultimate all-in move, huh? They said when they got Toto, we're going all-in for this year because he's not guaranteed to resign. So it's the ultimate all-in move, and it's something that would be consistent with what they've done in the past. You tell me what the hell they're waiting for because I don't know.
0: Uh, I think MLB as a whole, Ray, and, this is, and the, your point is valid. I think that MLB as a whole – is really sitting back and seeing what they want to do with Trevor Bauer. I think he's going to play this year. I think he should play this year. I think that someone will eventually sign him because he is that good. But which team wants to take a risk? It's not financial-based. I'm telling you right now because no one's going to have to di- to sit, sit there. He's not negotiating a, co- a huge contract. He's negotiating really? just getting on a team. So, now, listen, he's not going to sit there and take, you know, a million dollars to, to go play in the MLB. I mean, may, maybe he does. Maybe he does take a million dollars to play in Major League Baseball. But I think he's going to be more like between, like, five, maybe seven million dollars, maybe closer to ten max for one year of Trevor Bauer. It's not that big of a—listen, uh, he deserves—as uh, as he's performed, he deserves— 25 to 30 mil, no doubt about it. What he's going to get is somewhere between 5 and 10. And if it's $5 million, a team could take a hit, a PR hit, if something else comes out. And that's the one thing that's hanging around his head is there's one more, I think, um, civil case that's out there. There's one more lawsuit that's out there. He said he's going to win it. But I think until that goes away... It's not going to be as easy to bring him in. Just in case that does come up, and he does get charged, and he does get convicted of that, uh, those issues, then 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 it's going to look bad upon the team. That's the one thing that's hanging over his head.
1: No, no, and I get it, Harper. You know what everybody says, and it's so true. Winning cures all. And right now, it's a witch hunt with him. We all know, you know, the girlfriend of uh, you know of the lady that you know alleges what she alleges. Um, already exposed her for, you know, for being basically for trying to extort him. It was all a, a setup. This is a witch hunt. I mean, everybody can see it. You know, I don't, like, at this point. Not everybody, not
0: everybody, Ray. And to be fair, you know, it's a lot, lot of people. Just because he got off of the charges of what he, what the girl was accusing him of, he did still do things that a lot of people are look at and, and look down upon um you not know the, the physical the <laughs> physical. <we> <laughs> yeah no but the, the, I mean, the, the not the, like him
1: not like him but
0: you know no but the, the, the but the, the physical stuff that he's accused of everyone looking at him being like how can you let that person you know back in the spotlight when he did those type of things to a woman to anybody uh-huh. you know
1: But that shouldn't even be out there nobody talks about what you do in private what i do in private it's unfair to him he doesn't even require a second chance technically because he's not guilty of anything i understand what he did you know it's been exposed and it's and it's pretty ugly but that's his private life it's not our darn business it's like I don't understand. Yeah, but when Lee and Ray,
0: Ray, I do. I I got to take a break here, but Ray, good call as always. I appreciate it, man. You you take care. I'll talk to you soon. When there's legal ramifications, unfortunately, it does get out there.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?